If you love the History Extra podcast, make sure you follow us to keep up to date and get all the latest episodes. Thanks for your support, and I do hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash History Extra. Just go to Indeed.com slash History Extra right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the History Extra podcast. Fascinating historical conversations from BBC History Magazine and BBC History Revealed. Of all the enemies the Roman Empire faced in its centuries-long history, one name stood out above all others. Hannibal. In the late 3rd century BC, the Carthaginian general came dangerously close to destroying Rome and utterly reshaping the history of the world. Hannibal's campaigns were a pivotal episode in the Punic Wars, three conflicts between Rome and Carthage that spanned from 264 to 146 BC. And those wars are the subject of today's Everything You Wanted to Know episode – Our expert is Professor Philip Freeman of Pepperdine University, and putting your questions to him was Rob Attar. Rob began by asking Philip for a brief rundown of the key events of the Punic Wars. The Punic Wars were actually a series of three different wars between Rome and the city of Carthage in North Africa. They took place over a century. The first war was about 260 to about 240 BC. And this was when the Romans and the Carthaginians were fighting for who could control the island of Sicily. And the Carthaginians lost that war, and so they went back home to Africa. But then they started expanding their empire in Spain. Spain was very rich and wealthy with uh, gold and minerals. And so they moved into Spain, but the Romans didn't like that. So about 218, the Romans and the Carthaginians were at war again, but this time led by Hannibal, who marched his elephants over the Alps and engaged in a war against Rome in Italy itself. Uh, And he was there for about 15 years. And he was causing trouble and just did all sorts of terrible things uh, to the Romans. But then again, eventually the Romans won that war 
II, Hannibal went back home to Africa, and things were quiet for about 50 years until the Romans decided what little was left of Carthage at that point had to be destroyed. And so about the year 149, they invaded Carthage again, and it was truly a brutal war because the Carthaginians knew they were fighting for their very survival. But, of course, they lost that war too, and the Romans came to dominate the Mediterranean at that point. Thank you. That's a really helpful precy of the wars, and we'll come back to some of those topics in the questions that are to come. One thing I'd like to ask you fairly early on is this question we had from Scott Thompson 660 on Instagram, and he just wanted to know, why are they called the Punic Wars? Why are they not called the Carthaginian Wars or the Roman Wars? I think because Punic is easier to say. <laughs> but but really, the reason why they're called the Punic Wars is because the Romans called all of the people of North Africa who were from Phoenician descent. They called them Punic. The Carthaginians were not native to North Africa. They lived in the area around Tunisia, modern Tunisia. But their ancestors came from Phoenicia, what's today modern Lebanon. And all of the Phoenicians, the Punic people, they all had that name Punic And so that's why the Romans call them that. Following on from that point, actually, I expect our listeners are pretty well aware of the Roman Empire, but probably less so about Carthage. So what is the story of the city prior to the Punic Wars? Carthage has a fascinating history. It was one of many different colonies that were founded by the Phoenicians starting in about the year 1000 BC, more or less. They spread out all along the North African coast and Spain and even down the Atlantic coast of Africa. The Phoenicians were a great commercial and trading people. They were not an empire in the sense of the Romans or other empires. What they wanted to do was found trading posts. And so Carthage was one of these and Carthage grew in time to be the the leading city of North Africa. And so that's how they became a great rival of Rome. And I suppose we're, we're now used to thinking of Rome as being this dominant power in the Mediterranean. But actually, at the time the, the Punic Wars start, would it be fair to say that Carthage perhaps was an even more impressive place? It was. In the middle of the 3rd century BC, when the Punic Wars began, if you were going to take a bet on who was going to control the Mediterranean, you probably would not bet on Rome. They were still a fairly small regional power in central and moving into southern Italy, but the Carthaginians were much more widespread than Rome. They had commercial interests, they had colonies, they had treaties. They were a very different kind of state, a very different kind of government from the Romans. The Carthaginians in general did not have the great imperial ambitions that the Romans did, but the Romans were a a fairly small, you can't really even call it an empire. They were a republic in the middle of the third century BC, and so it was, they were just one of quite a few different powers. Certainly there were great powers in Greece, there were powers in Egypt, there were powers elsewhere in the Mediterranean. And then one popular search query is, What were the major causes of the Punic Wars? Well, I think the Punic Wars are an example of what we talk about and scholars of history and diplomacy talk about the Thucydides trap which is taken from the Greek historian Thucydides. And it says when you have a rising power and it comes up against an old 
hold established power, you are almost certainly going to have war. And uh, this is a, a situation which takes place again and again throughout history. But Rome was a very much an expansive power. They were very much interested in empire, very much interested in spreading their control uh, over as much territory as they reasonably could. And the Carthaginians were in their way, uh, to put it simply. Uh, the Carthaginians controlled Sicily, they controlled Sardinia and Corsica, they controlled the North African coast, and that was next on the list of the Romans as they were expanding. So it was quite natural that Sicily was the flashpoint where the Romans and the Carthaginians came into their first great conflict. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash History Extra. Just go to Indeed.com slash History Extra right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We don't always realize just how much our negative thoughts and experiences stick with us and weigh us down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mum does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapists anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash history extra today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash History Extra. Were the Punic Wars fought more on land or at sea, or was it a mixture of the two? The Punic Wars were fought both on land and on sea. It's an interesting situation. The Romans at the beginning of the Punic Wars were not at all a naval power. They barely had any ships at all, whereas the Carthaginians were a great naval power. They uh, continued their Phoenician ancestry of sailing and ships. And so at first, the Carthaginians absolutely dominated the war because they were uh, able to control the coasts and they were able to sail. And the Romans just had no experience with this sort of thing. They'd all always fought on land. But the Romans were very, very good fighters on land. They were very good infantry soldiers. And so you have the same sort of situation you have in a way that you had more than a century before with the uh, Athenians and Spartans. The Athenians were a great naval power. The Spartans were an unbeatable land power. And that's how things started with the Punic Wars. The difference is the Romans learned how to sail and they built ships. Now, perhaps the figure who is best associated with the Punic Wars today is Hannibal, who you mentioned in your run-through at the start. We had a few questions coming about him, and one was from Daniel Fridland on Facebook, and he wanted to know how much did Rome suffer during Hannibal's invasion? 
Rome suffered terribly. When Hannibal invaded Italy in 218 BC, he came down and he fought battle after battle, and he won each of those battles, although he was always outnumbered. And he killed tens of thousands of Roman soldiers, uh, you know, perhaps uh, you know, over 100,000 in the course of a war. In one battle at Cannae, there were 50,000 Roman casualties. And so there was not a single Roman family that was left untouched by the devastation that Hannibal raised across Italy. And also he, like others in his time, he fought the Romans on an economic battlefield. So he would burn crops and devastate their cities and their allies. And so Rome, the Roman Republic, suffered a great deal from Hannibal. And on the subject of Cannae, which you just mentioned, this, even 2,000 years later, is regarded as one of the great strategic masterpieces of all time. What do you think it was about the battle that's given it this kind of exalted reputation? I think the Battle of Cannae was so important, and it, it, you're right, it's still studied in British and American military academies and all over the world, because, it, first of all, the sheer numbers involved, where you had an overwhelmingly outnumbered army. The Carthaginians did not have nearly as many soldiers as the Romans did, but Hannibal, because he was absolutely brilliant, was able to lure the Romans into a trap, surround them and envelop their forces, and kill, as I said, perhaps 50,000 Roman soldiers in a single day. We haven't had that sort of battle uh, casualties in centuries. And so the Battle of Cannae was a classic because of the sheer numbers of casualties involved, but also because Hannibal was able to lure the Romans into this very simple trap because of the Romans had way too much confidence in themselves. Arrogance, really, is what it was. And so it's a wonderful lesson about arrogance in military tactics. And I've certainly heard comparisons made between Cannae and the Soviet campaign at Stalingrad. Do you think that's a reasonable comparison to make? Well, I think so. The invasion of Stalingrad, the attack on Stalingrad by the Germans was just devastating. And it's something uh, very often in Western Europe and America, when we study World War II, we don't often study enough what happened in Russia, but it was just enormous. And so I think the, the battle between Kenai and Stalingrad probably is a fairly accurate one. Kenai, of course, took place in the, over just a few hours, and Stalingrad lasted much longer. But aside from that, yes, it was huge. And on the subject of Hannibal, I think, of course, we have to talk about the elephants. How did he deploy them in his army? Well, Hannibal, like a number of armies in uh, the ancient world, used elephants in battle. To be upfront about it, they were not particularly useful. They were a great psychological tool if your enemy had never seen an elephant before, but the Romans had. The Romans had actually fought elephants in Italy before Hannibal got there. And so Hannibal marches these elephants over the Alps. Very few of them even make it over the mountains. But when he does, the few surviving elephants he has are really are not featured at all in any of the battles. So they were intended to be a great psychological ploy against the Romans, but they didn't work particularly well. And if anybody out there wants to have a battle someday with elephants, I would advise against it. Um, and then we had a question from Alex Plotkin on Facebook, and he wanted to know how close Carthage came to victory at this time. 
Carthage came incredibly close to winning the Second Punic War. After the Battle of Cannae, Hannibal could have marched north to the city of Rome, and I believe he could have taken it. He could have conquered it. The casualties would have been huge. Rome was a well-defended city with great walls, and there were still quite a few Romans left. But if Hannibal had gathered together all of his allies in Italy, and he had a lot of Italians who did not like Rome, but if they had marched to Rome, they could have taken the city. But Hannibal chose not to. And one of Hannibal's own soldiers said, Hannibal, you know how to win a battle, but you do not know how to make use of it. And I think the reason Hannibal didn't attack Rome was because by the conventions of ancient war, the Romans should have surrendered at that point. They should have worked out a deal, should have worked out a peace treaty. And Hannibal didn't realize that the Romans simply never gave up. And then another question came in from Alex Plotkin on Facebook. And this is about the Roman general Scipio Africanus. And he wanted to know how important was he to Rome's victory in the Second Punic War? Well, Scipio Africanus was a fascinating character, and he is always paired. He was the great adversary of Hannibal. He was only a young man of about 18 when Hannibal first invaded Italy, but he learned fast uh, and he grew. He came from a family of leaders, and so he was uh, incredibly important to the defeat of Hannibal in the Second Punic War. He had all sorts of interesting tactics. He, he did not face Hannibal head on. He learned that you do not go mano a mano with Hannibal. So what he did instead was he invaded Spain while Hannibal was still wandering all around Italy. But over the years to follow Scipio, he had learned so much from Hannibal, and he really was the reason that the Romans won the Second Punic War in the end. Then of the three Punic Wars, would you say the second one was really the crucial one, the decisive one? It was. Uh, they were all important. The first one, of course, was important because of uh, the first conflict between Rome and Carthage. But the Second Punic War, the one that lasted for 15 or more years with Hannibal, was really the most decisive and the most crucial one. Because after that, the Carthaginians were reduced to just a small city on the coast of North Africa, and they were really no threat to Rome after that at all. And then looking at the wars as a whole, MHFQ on Instagram has asked... What tactics did the Romans use to defeat the Carthaginians? Well, the Romans at first thought we're going to defeat Hannibal in the way we always do. We just, you know, confront him head on and we beat you know, our enemies because they're not Romans. But they learned very quickly after losing tens of thousands of men that that simply didn't work with Hannibal. And so what they did after a couple or three years of fighting Hannibal was says they decided to fight a war of attrition, which was a very un-Roman thing to do and they hated to do it. But they had a general named Fabius who got the nickname the delayer, because he would go and harass Hannibal and cut his supply lines and whittle away on the edges, but he did not face him in open battle like Hannibal very much wanted to do. And so that, I think, was the crucial turning point when the Romans decided they were just going to wear Hannibal down rather than face him on the battlefield and lose like they had so many times before. Now, we had an interesting question came in from Jane Gustafson on Facebook, who asked, did the Romans really destroy the farmland around Carthage with salt? 
There is a story that after the Third Punic War, when they defeated the Carthaginians and killed most of them and sold the rest into slavery in 146 BC, there's a story that the Romans cursed the city of Carthage so that no one would ever build there again, which the Romans actually ended up doing again. And then the story that they sowed salt, which I think is probably not true. It comes along later and it has great flair to it, but it's probably not what happened. But I think the Romans were really determined that Carthage would never, ever rise again. And so that's why they utterly destroyed the city. And talking about the destruction of Carthage, there's this famous phrase, Carthage must be destroyed. Where did that originate from? Carthago de Linda Est, Carthage must be destroyed. And that was put forward by a man named Cato, who was a Roman senator in the middle of the second century BC. He was part of a conservative party in Rome who were just absolutely determined to wipe out what little was left of Carthage. As I said before, Carthage was no threat to Rome at this point, but psychologically, it loomed large in the Roman memory, in the, in the Roman imagination. And so uh, Cato and his party decided that they were going to start a war against Carthage 50 years after the defeat of Hannibal. And they did. They got the war they wanted, and Carthage was indeed destroyed. Was this typical for Rome at the time, that they wanted to utterly vanquish an opponent, or was there something special about Carthage? There was something special about Carthage. The Romans were not at all reluctant to destroy cities when necessary. They generally didn't like to do it because what the Romans wanted to do was take over a place and then get its land, get taxes from the surviving citizens. And that really doesn't happen if you turn a city into a desert. But they did, on occasion, do it. And it was something that they did not hold back when they felt necessary. But it was unusual. And Carthage, to them, truly was the great boogeyman in their minds. Uh, for centuries after the Punic Wars, Roman mothers would tell misbehaving children that Hannibal was coming to get them. They never forgot just the existential threat that the Carthaginians were to them back in the beginning. Is it fair to say that Hannibal was the greatest threat Rome faced for several centuries then? I think Hannibal was. Hannibal had, as I said, a very likely chance of defeating Rome and ending the dreams of uh, the Romans' uh, expansion. So yes, they admired Hannibal like the English might admire Napoleon. You know, you have to give the man his credit. And that's how they felt about Hannibal. He was a brilliant, evil, twisted man in the Roman imagination. He was brilliant, but he was certainly not twisted or crazy or anything like that. But he was, I think, absolutely the greatest enemy that Rome ever faced. Now Lauren and Marie on Instagram wanted to know, how did the wars impact the lives of the general populations? Well, the main impact of the wars on the general population were the loss of young men. When we look at World War I, for example, especially uh, among the British, it wiped out a huge part of that generation of young men. That sort of thing happened in Rome too, but on a much larger scale. There was not a household that did not lose one, two, three sons in fighting. And so that was, that was a huge impact. But also just the devastation that Hannibal inflicted on the countryside, burning crops, tearing up trees, tearing up vineyards, all of those sorts of things took decades and decades for Italy uh, to get over. And so I think for a lot of people, when Hannibal came through, if they were not able to get to Rome, they simply starved to death. Now, we had an interesting question from Hugh Berkmeyer on Facebook, who asked, what effect, if any, would a Carthaginian victory have had on world history in the long run? 
I think about this. What if Hannibal had attacked Rome and defeated it? There would, first of all, have been no Roman Empire. There would have been no Julius Caesar, no Constantine. There would have been a vacuum, a power vacuum in the Mediterranean. Probably the different Italian tribes would have taken over Italy. But there would never have been that dominant power for a thousand years that we had with the Romans. And that would have tremendously affected history because the Romans were such an influence on spreading civilization, law, literature. And just to think about how would it have affected Christianity? Would Christianity have even become uh, a major religion if there had been no Pontius Pilate, if there had been no crucifixion. It boggles the mind, really, to think what would have happened if Hannibal had simply destroyed Rome. I would probably be out of a job because I teach Roman history, I teach Latin, and I suppose I could retrain and do Carthaginian instead, but still. So this really was a defining moment in ancient history. It was. It was one of those moments, you know, in history, sometimes we reject the idea that there are defining moments, that there are big men, that there are, uh, you know, pivotal events. We like to talk about economic currents and things like that, which is all very true. But sometimes there is a person, sometimes there is a moment that changes everything. And that is what happened when Hannibal decided not to destroy Rome. So we've talked a bit about what might have happened if Carthage had won. But what would you see as the main legacies of the Roman victory? I think the main legacy of the Roman victory was that it enabled them. Carthage was the last real impediment to them, certainly in the Western Mediterranean, but really throughout the whole Mediterranean region. The Romans were, when Carthage was defeated, they spread out across the entire Mediterranean and beyond to a certain extent. And if Carthage had been there, they would have been in the way. And so the Carthaginian defeat enabled Rome to become the empire that we all know so well. And how did Rome remember the Punic Wars in its literature and other forms of culture? Well, it's interesting. The Romans won the Punic War, but they never forgot Hannibal. They never forgot the threat. And they would always think about Hannibal in the centuries to come when, for example, the Germanic tribes beyond the Rhine were, were threatening to invade. They would always invoke the name of Hannibal. We do not want to have another Hannibal. We have to destroy the, our enemies. Uh, we cannot let them become like Hannibal. And so the Punic Wars were, to the Romans, the great event in their history that turned them from a small republic into an empire, and they never forgot how close they came to being destroyed. And then on the other side, we had a question from George Haig on Facebook, who asked, where are the Carthaginians today? Do they have any recognised descendants? Well, Rome destroyed the actual city of Carthage, and they, the people that they didn't kill, they, they took about 50,000 people into slavery. But there were other Carthaginians, there were other Punic people there, and they are still there in Tunisia. You can go to Tunisia, and uh, I don't know that they've done genetic tests, but I think that there are the descendants of the Carthaginians who survived, and their neighbors are still there. They were absorbed into the Roman Empire, and then they were absorbed into North African history. And then on that note, what can we see of Carthage today? If a visitor were to go and visit, what would be left there? Not much, to be honest. There is very little of Carthage left. If you go to Athens, you can see the Acropolis. Rome, you can see the Colosseum. If you go to Tunis, looking for the ancient city of Carthage, you'll see a few small ruins and some very unimpressive low walls. It was truly destroyed by the Romans. Archaeologists have done some amazing work digging beneath the surface and finding things, but I would not 
I'm, you know, if, if you're in Tunis, uh, absolutely go to the ruins, but it, there's just not that much to see. That was Philip Freeman. His book, Hannibal, Rome's Greatest Enemy, was published in 2022 by Pegasus. And Philip was also the expert for our Roman Gods episode in our Everything You Wanted to Know series. Just search for Roman Gods in your podcast feeds to bring that up. And if you're a fan of the show, we'd love to hear from you about episodes or guests that you've particularly enjoyed. So please, if you're able to, leave us a review wherever you listen. It really helps other people to find us. Thanks for listening to the History Extra podcast. This podcast was produced by Daniel Kramer Arden. 